growling. Mean and angry. Hear that coho shouting. It's Dainer and Jay. All right, welcome into another special edition of Hear That Podcast Growling Free Agency Week. As we uh, move through all the uh, things that are going down with the Bengals, of course, last night, if you haven't uh, gone back and listened to that yet, we discussed uh, the offensive line and uh, the lack thereof uh, from the first day. That is up. Of course, stories are also up on the website. Uh, Jay, you have a look at Trey Hendrickson, who we are about to talk to as the Bengals have signed him to be their defensive end. Carl Lawson moving on to the Jets. Um, I have a story up on some of the things we talked about on the podcast, uh, but a little deeper look at some of the concerns of the prioritization of what happened on day one in regards to protecting Joe Burrow and investing in the offensive line. Those are up on the site now. Of course, we have our $1 per month insane subscription deal thing going on now through April 5th. So click on either of those stories um, and you can get that deal and and join in for the long haul and get all of our coverage, not just here throughout free agency, March Madness, of course, all of our writers all over the place there, spring training, Reg's about to start, you know, the gig. Um, all right. But a special one of the things I love about the athletic that you get uh, with that subscription is insiders everywhere, and I'm pretty excited uh, that we're going to bring an insider uh, on Trey Hendrickson and the Saints. We're going to spend this episode talking about Trey Hendrickson, talking about Carl Lawson, talking about this move. Jay and I will come back, dive into the stats and all the specifics of it uh, in a little bit. But we want to start with Cat Terrell, who, of course, you would know her. She used to uh, cover the Bengals alongside Jay and I uh, when she was with ESPN and now works uh, for us at The Athletic covering the Saints back in her hometown. Uh, so really excited that we're going to finally have come up with a reason to bring Kat on uh, other than the fact that we just want to do gags and catch up. So uh, anyway, let's get to that interview. She'll give us some real good insight on Trey Hendrickson and Jay and I will come back and break it down a little bit more. All right, now welcoming into the show. I- I'm excited about this one because it's it's a reunion of sorts. And uh, we just have needed a reason or an excuse to come on and, and, and bring Kat Terrell on with us because we miss her here in Cincinnati since she uh, no longer covers the Bengals. Instead, she's in a land that's very different. In fact, I believe the exact opposite end of the spectrum from the Bengals in March would be the New Orleans Saints. And I, I feel bad for you because... I don't understand how you are still following the the journey back from a hundred million on the wrong side of the cap and like have any sanity left, Cat. They're still five million over the cap. The journey is not over. I woke up at four thirty this morning and checked the salary cap numbers. So that's my life. It's it's, it's quite exciting uh, down here in New Orleans. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever like sat down with the New Orleans folks and explained? The Bengals' strategy on restructuring contracts and and pushing money into future years. You know, I should I should go to Cincinnati and tell the Bengals. Well, if you want to sign people, I got a great strategy for you. It uh, yeah. it just You'll involves writing a lot of a lot of huge checks all at once. <laughs> uh, not, not a big deal at all. Not a big deal at all. But yeah, so it's uh, we're having Ken on obviously because uh, New Orleans and the Bengals reconnect a little bit. Uh, with the Bengals bringing in Trey Hendrickson, uh, with Carl Lawson moving on to New York. I mean, Kat, you saw Carl 
uh, during your time here, uh, in and out of his, he was more injured a lot at times that you were here, <laughs> but you know who he is and certainly what he can be. Um, and you saw Trey Hendrickson. Give me, let's start with Trey. Give me a, I guess, a scouting report on maybe why he had such a big breakout year this year in comparison to the first three years of his career. Well, first of all, I'm going to say that I'm sitting here a little shocked that the team I cover spends millions of dollars in free agency and couldn't afford Trey Hendrickson. And it he went to the team that when I covered them, didn't spend anything in free agency. So this is just <laughs> blowing my mind. So I'm already drinking coffee this morning. Um, but, you know, it is interesting. So when I, I, I uh, went back to New Orleans, obviously, in uh, 2019, and they went and trained in California. I'd been back for like a week, and they weren't going to send me on the trip. And, of course, I mean, it's California. I had to finagle my way into that. Um, and so I went to California to watch them train for five days, and I'm, I'm seeing this guy, and I was like, who is that? Like, I don't know anything about him, but uh, I, that guy's going to be really good one day. So that was, uh, you know, his third season. And um, I actually think I wrote about him in that, pre- that week just because I realized this guy had a lot of potential. And so last year it was kind of like he started to break out, but he had an injury in the middle of the season that kind of derailed it a little bit. But you could tell, like, all right, the potential's there. So going into this season, you're still thinking Cam Jordan is going to be the, the star. Cam Jordan had a great season the year before. But I think they were actually both rehabbing injuries together. And Cam Jordan just, I don't know if it's, he dropped off or what, but um, Trey Hendrickson went from, all right, this is a third rotational guy to being the best player on the defensive line. Now I will say a lot of that can be attributed to Cam Jordan drew a lot of double teams, but I mean, it's more than just that. Uh, Hendrickson was healthy and, and, you know, he just kind of took that year and ran with it. Now where he goes from here, I don't know, but um, I think it's more of a culmination of two years and versus him just being good this year. He's if you look at him, he, he's built more like Sam Hubbard. But is, mm-hmm. is he more style wise? Is he more a Carl Lawson where he's strictly coming off the edge? There's there's there, he's not a guy that they're going to move inside very much. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like even after this year, there's so much we still don't know about him. He only played half the snaps last year and then 30, uh, 38% of the snaps the year before. So it's kind of a thing where, okay, there's more room to explore like what he can do. Now, I do think he's going to be primarily coming off the edge, but um, it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do with him because I'm going to guess after paying that money, the Bengals are expecting him to play more than 50% of the snaps. But the fact that he got all these sacks while only playing half the snaps is is probably encouraging it should be depending on how you look at it well okay so explain to me then why he only played 50 percent of the snaps in new orleans and i mean i know there's other guys there and rotational and things like that but why did that happen i really think it's just how they like to rotate their rushers so the saints i think would have loved it if marcus davenport would have been the breakout guy they <laughs> they spent a lot of draft capital for him a few years ago but you know he's been hurt a lot and so I think that the intention was maybe going to this year and it's going to be Cam Jordan on one side and Marcus Davenport on the other uh, while rotating Hendrickson in and, uh, you know, some of their other packages. But out of circumstance, uh, I think Hendrickson ended up not only playing more than they thought at first, but, you know, just being so good that they weren't going to take him off the field. But it's just a 
a product of how they like to use their defensive linemen and how they like to mix and max mix and match packages. Any more coffee this morning, clearly. <laughs> he, I, well, I mean, this might be hard to answer because we weren't in locker rooms last year, but just, mm. you know, with the Bengals losing Carl Lawson and, and potentially Gino being a cut. And I mean, obviously Sam's going to be the leader of that line, but, but does Trey have that kind of it, that, Make up about him? Is he a guy that can be a, a future leader? And if maybe not on the entire defense, but on that defensive line? No, no, it's hard to say. I do know that it's a, a funny story. Like when he came into or came onto the team, he was just like, go, go, go. Didn't know how to turn it off. He was actually like annoying the veterans because in practice, he just kept going like so hard. And they're like, God, you need to chill out because, you know, training camp isn't just all about going 110% and hurting yourself and annoying the 10 year veteran tackles. Uh, so it, it's one of those things where he, he's going to work really hard. I, I know that for sure. I don't know about his leadership qualities yet. And I'm not saying that makes him a bad guy or anything. It's just, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he evolves. I think he's 26. So he's, mm-hmm. um, you know, still growing up, but uh, on that team, it's or on the Saints, it's, it's very like relaxed on that defensive line because Cam Jordan's kind of the leader. But if you've ever seen any interviews with him, um, he's kind of like the the guy who jokes around and Hendrickson is quieter, quieter. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, pair up together. Man, Kat, I mean, the way, the way quiet, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what, Kat, the way you talk about Trey Hendrickson's practice habits just reminds me of. Carlos Dunlap in practice, you know, just always, <laughs> just, yeah. just go, 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 hard. Mirror image. Uh, yeah, 110%. Just takes no practice snaps <laughs> off, just always out there getting after those 10-year tackles. No. Uh, I mean, you know, and I think that's part of the allure probably in Hendrickson is, you know, I this staff has valued the – that that type of practice habit in guys that they have gone after we've seen them talk about it time and time again and trying to create that they view that as part of the competitive culture they want to have so maybe that's a fit i mean it's just the you know the it, it's it's a hard thing to say because you know, when you lose carl lawson um you know the thought is okay carl lawson was maybe he was more the 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 part of him was he's he's more of a rotational guy maybe like you know is is he out there three downs I don't know if you if, if in a perfect world he's out there on second and third down in passing situations and and the end of games that's what you want for Carl Lawson but they weren't in a perfect world last year and he played a lot more and he was okay against the run against the run is Hendrickson a liability. Can he be out there three downs? I mean, is that part of his game? So that's actually a funny question. Um, last night, someone was asking me that, and I'm just I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, I can't really remember how he is against the run because one of their other defensive ends was a liability against the run, and teams are just run at him. So I'm like, am I just a bad writer? Like, I just can't remember. So I go and ask another writer, and he goes, you know, I don't really remember, which I guess is fine. So I asked a third person. He goes, I think he was, I think he was okay. I mean, I don't think he stood out either way. So on the positive side, that means he's not this huge liability. On the negative side, I'm not coming up with uh, these spectacular plays against the run. But um, yeah, so three people, uh, 
including myself, I guess said, you know, he's, he's okay. He's fine. So that's your glowing endorsement there, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. fine. It's all no, fine. Bengals, Bengals fans are going to love that. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. They're, they're used to that. They yes. live in that meme. Uh, one other thing I want to I want to poke your uh, your brain here a little bit on a couple other guys, um, and that would be Sheldon Rankins. We'll start there, who's a free agent, and you know we don't know where the Bengals are going to land with defensive tackle if they try to bring in somebody else, or if they're going to maybe even give Gino another run at it. Um, but he's a name that has been intriguing from where I sit. You know, he's still young. He had a great year in twenty eighteen. But the injury, there was an injury in there, and then mm-hmm. maybe he didn't have a great year last year. Where where do you think he's at, and, and could you see him being a guy that could jump back on the scene as a premier defensive tackle this year? Well, I really do. I mean, Sheldon Rankins has had the worst luck with injuries of maybe any player I've ever covered because it's not like he's a guy who not play through um years ago we had a broken ankle at the end of the 2018 season um it was a torn achilles which i don't think most people know actually takes two years to really get back to where you were especially if you're a big guy like that um last year i'm probably missing one last year it was a knee injury that kept him out for a few weeks but at the time when it happened it was so bad he said he was on the field screaming because he thought like this is it and he actually ended up coming back in a few weeks so all of this stuff has just happened at really bad times uh, in regards to his contract. Last year, they had to make a decision. Do we sign Sheldon to an extension or do we sign David Onimata? And they had to go with the more sure thing. I mean, Sheldon was coming off an Achilles. So at that point, it was kind of understood, okay, well, he's not going to be back next year just because they're not, they weren't going to pay money to, to both of them. So I think that he has the ability to to come back and, and really have a good season. I mean, he uh, was a great pass rusher from the interior a few years ago with that Achilles injury. And actually he was responsible for Cam Jordan having such a good season. He, they're always joked about how he kind of set up Cam Jordan. So yeah, I think this guy can bounce back. I just think he's had unfortunate luck and he actually, he does train in Indy during the off season. And I think he might live there during the off season. So Maybe he'd want to live close to there. I don't know, but I could see that being a great fit. It might come cheap because of the injuries. I don't know. Right. That's that was the thought. Is you you can get a a very you know high reward, low risk type guy financially if if you're betting on a little bit of a bounce back from him. Uh, Larry Warford, who was out last year. Um, you know, I don't know if you're aware, Cat. The Bengals uh, have an offensive line issue uh, that never they're trying, heard to, that, <laughs> ever. trying to work through. Uh, I believe they still had one when you were here, and it has only gotten bit. worse. Uh, but Larry Warford is a guy that has been brought up, and the Bengals, I think, have even kicked the tires on a little bit before he opted out last year. It, what, what do you make of him? Um, I do just want to say I was the one that put that Walmart comment out there in regards to Bobby Hart, and then I went and enjoyed opening day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Missions were on fire for like the next week. Yeah. Um, That was was delightful. I kind of. People still use that. The Walmart line still gets dropped. I knew as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, oh boy, this is going to go over like a lead balloon. (laughs) Uh, Just the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. um, Larry Warford. he 
I, I started getting hints that the Saints were going to move on like early uh, at last offseason. Um, and fans were like, what do you, why do you keep saying that? Like, he's fine. It's not what are you what are you talking about? And I kept saying, I think they're going to move on. Um, and he it's not like he had this horrible year, but the Saints felt like they needed to get more athletic on the interior of the offensive line. They felt like Warford was kind of slow at times he had weight issues. So that's why they went and drafted someone else. They drafted someone younger. And um, the idea was to get more athletic, but you know, I think this year was hit or miss with all the stuff that happened. But I think that now that Warford opted out, so he's had a year off, I think he, he still has more to give and it'll be interesting kind of to see how he approached this year. Like, does he come back super in shape? Did he really take a year off? I don't know, but uh, I would be shocked if a team didn't sign him or at least give him, you know, some sort of tryout. I mean, he did have, he had an okay season his last year with the Saints. I just think they're trying to upgrade. He doesn't not, sound like, not a, like a Bobby Hart type season or anything like <laughs> that. I'm not trying to give this huge negative endorsement. Just trying to explain, you know, why the Saints moved on. Yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't sound like an ideal fit for Frank Pollock's zone scheme if he's, if he's not that athletic and slow. But at this point, they real beggars can't be choosers. They, they need upgrades wherever and however they can get them. Um, I wanted to ask real quick, back, going back to Trey, like for this is more for me, but maybe for Bengal fans that, uh, have NFL game pass, but is there a game or two last year you would suggest going back and watching that kind of where he stood out and really kind of shows best what he is? I feel like he, I feel like he, at the beginning of the year, he kind of started establishing himself. I, that's a bad, I have a, like, that's a bad answer for me. Cause I'm, I'm trying to remember, but um, maybe it's good that shows I, he was consistent all throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, to be, I am right. The the first two games, he kind of started establishing himself because he had two sacks. But there was a game against um, Atlanta. He had two sacks. Maybe the thirty-eight to three Tampa Bay game. I mean, that was a fantastic game all around. But Hendrickson, the defensive line, had a great game that that night. So maybe go back to that one. The, okay. the second Tampa Bay game, not not the third one. Um, but yeah, I do remember like that was when the team was clicking on, on all cylinders. So that's probably the one I would go back to. All right. All right, Kat, I got to give you a shout out here and make sure people give it the proper recognition that you're sporting your Holy Grail t-shirt here, of course. uh, the office. I gotta, I gotta promote <laughs> the, for, uh, the, the old home office for, for all the, the listeners here. Um, we used to call Holy Grail my office cause I, I lived above it and, um, Sometimes brought my laptop over there and worked out of Grail. Should I admit that on a, on a podcast? Sometimes that didn't go well, did it? Okay, I wasn't working that you day. You weren't working. I, I spilled something on my laptop during a fantasy draft while at Holy Grail, and then I took the laptop into the women's bathroom to try to dry it out, and I broke the keyboard. Just uh, one <laughs> Stacking long bad decision after yeah. bad decision. The, the, vo- the vodka lab top fantasy football team was one of my favorite storylines of your entire tenure. And that oh, did, team was how, terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't it? Didn't you end up drafting like receivers, like your first seven picks or something like that? So it was my first. <laughs> it's my first auction draft. I was already nervous about it because I never done one. I, like two minutes into the draft, I spilled all over my laptop and broke the keyboard. So then I was trying to do it on my phone, and it like 
auto drafted a kicker and paid too much money for him. And then I didn't have enough money. And so I named the team vodka laptop and watched as they were just like the most horrific fantasy team you could possibly imagine just limping through the year. And uh, I haven't learned my lesson because I still sit at my laptop with coffee. So um, just well, like we to live on the edge y'all. Well, we well we appreciate uh, the you going through the harrowing uh, experience of having to Ooh. have the coffee next to the laptop here while talking to us. Uh, Put it on the table just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we 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 look forward to uh, maybe we'll ask Trey Hendrickson if he has any cat Terrell stories next yeah. time we get to talk to him. I'm, I'm sure you'll Probably get. No, I was about to say I'm sure you'll get a fantastic answer, but but you won't. You won't. So, a year of, a year of no locker room. I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what Our, we're gonna do when we let back again. Well, Kat, I hope I hope the Bengals sign another Saints player, uh, and we'll have you back. Maybe yeah, that happen. You know, maybe got, we got sign. Von Bell and Trey Hendrickson are already here. Maybe just continue the line. Uh, coming to Cincinnati. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll sign Sheldon Rankins, and I can. I can talk about him for forever because that's one of my favorite players. So if the Bengals sign Shelton, I'll be I'll be a little sad that uh, he won't be there to give good quotes to me anymore. It's a guarantee that you will be back on if Sheldon Rankins is signed immediately. Just just know it. Just dial in. Just dial on in, but before we even talk to you. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kat, even if they I, don't I, sign him uh, next year, Bengals at Saints, we'll have you back on. Maybe some more stories to add to the cat legend uh, on the oh, trip to boy. New Orleans. Oh, my God. Oh, scary. We need to prepare for that. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. I miss y'all. Miss, miss you, too. too. See ya. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. All right, much thanks uh, to Cat for joining us. Always great to catch up with her. and We'll hop in and... and Take some shots at her and her shoddy internet connection on our group chat. <laughs> See, there's no one more fun to take shots at, and there's yes. no one who takes them better than Cat. Yes. Yeah, uh, we really do miss having her around on a regular basis. She's the best. Um, all right, Jay, let's dive into this. You know, we we heard Cat talk a little bit about Trey Hendrickson and the part-time role aspect of this, right? I mean, because the concern is you're going from Carl Lawson. We know what he is uh, to a guy in Trey Hendrickson who was never really a full-time guy for the Saints, but when he played, certainly put up some big numbers. What, what, do you, what do you make of that aspect of it, and what is your initial gut on this move? Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you, you would say, well, heck, he only played 50% of the snaps and he had that production. He, he, can, he can have 27 sacks if he plays a full well, no one's going to play full, but you know what I mean? He, he can get a lot more, but it doesn't necessarily work that way. Yeah, guys wear down. It's a, it's a tough physical game. Maybe some guys are better suited to, to play half the snaps. Well, that's something we'll find out as, as we watch him play. Um, one of the more interesting things, you guys all know how much I love stats, and I, I went and looked at it immediately with the way he only played half the stats. And this is where the, you know, stats can lie some, somewhat. I looked at, what his snap counts were by down. He played 234 on first down, 178 on second down, only 129 on third down, 15 on fourth down. And, you know, a follower on Twitter pointed out, well, how does that compare to Saints plays? And, I mean, obviously it's it's something that kind of escaped me at first, but obviously teams have 
more first down plays than anything. And then more second down. It's just the, the nature of how things go. You don't always get to third down. And so when I broke it down by Saints plays, by Trey snaps, it's pretty consistent. It's it's 54% on first down, 55 and a half on second, 62% on third down. So he his sacks were spread out fairly well over those downs. He's he's a a guy that, you know, wasn't necessarily a, a third down pass rush specialist. He was in there on all downs and Cat kind of alluded to it that the big question is going to be how can he be against the run? And then the other big question is does he does he get more productive with with more time or does he wear down and, and become less productive? Yeah, I mean, you're going to – you know, the idea – let's sell this from the Bengals' side of things, right? I mean, if you're if you're trying to. The knock on Carl Lawson being in an – like we mentioned, in an ideal world, he is um, – you're – more of a situational pass rusher. You don't say one him out there all downs. You know, I think you're getting about the same guy probably against the run in Carl Lawson that you're getting in Trey Hendrickson. I mean, both are not great. It's not what they do best, but you know, you 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 tolerate it because what they can do elsewhere. And it's about getting after the pass rusher. It's about getting after the passer from that edge rusher position. So but you're going to have Hendrickson and Hubbard out there as your edges, and I'm going to take a long shot guess that they're going to draft an edge rusher, probably maybe with that third round pick feels about right, um, and a guy they feel like they can develop the next Michael Johnson, the next Carl Lawson, the next Carlos Dunlap. They have had success in those middle rounds finding the next guy, but they want to have somebody else in place in the meantime, and so. It, you, if that is what you have, is that if that's your three man rotation, throw in. Maybe you hope you can get a little more out of Khalid Kareem and whatever else there. Maybe you f- you feel okay about that. Do you want to be paying that kind of money to a guy with some of the limitations who hasn't quite had that full season? You're going to be asking to do something he's never really done before. No, you'd probably prefer to be paying that kind of coin to a guy who you've seen totally do it before um, and seen, you know, do it at a level where he's been successful all by himself. Uh, but <laughs> that's not where it's at. You know, they, they weren't able to keep Carl Lawson. I, I don't love this move, uh, but, I, you know, I think there's ways that you can make it work. Well, I mean, it's like we said last night that, you, you can't just say this guy's worth this amount. We're not going over it. I mean, circumstances dictate that you adjust at times. And, and yes, it's, it's not the ideal amount of money to pay a guy that, that may not be a full-time defensive end, but they had to do it. But once they lost Carl Lawson, they, their hands were really tied. They, they, they had to get somebody with proven production as a defensive end. And, when you put yourself in that bind, sometimes you have to you have to overpay to do it. I think it's more encouraging that they were willing to kind of break their mold and and pay more than maybe what they initially wanted to pay the guy to to ensure that they got something that they needed. That any any time you you see a, a a break from tradition with this organization, it it has to give you a, a little bit of hope that that more things are going to change. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind them 
realizing they have to have it and extending themselves a little bit for the offensive line instead <laughs> of a defensive end, but we've already had that conversation. Um, the, the thing is, let's take a look at the contract and the structure of the contract that's important here. Um, over the cap kind of has a breakdown. Albert Breer has a little bit of a breakdown of it. There's essentially nothing really guaranteed after 2021, and that's good news. Um, you, you, It kind of runs as a pay-as-you-go type of structure. Um, so if Trey Hendrickson does not develop into the full-time guy they believe he can be, then they can get out of it without too much harm. I mean, still some. You're still kind of in this for a couple years, but uh, there, there certainly are some outs that puts a lot of I'm not going to call it funny money, but certainly easily exitable uh, money on the back end, including you know a six million dollar roster bonus on March 21st of next year. That's a big chunk that they'll have to make a decision on Hendrickson before, and then in in then 2023 a three million dollar roster bonus due on March 21st. So with those, I mean that's those are big chunks of money that you can get out from under just by letting him go. I mean, you're, you're probably in this going to give Hendrickson two to three years, two two years to to prove it. Um, but if he if if he's a total disaster this year, they can they can find ways to get out of it um, and save that six million dollars on the roster bonus. You'd still be taking pretty big hits, but it's it's not something that doesn't have an exit strategy, and that's part of. I think why they ended up here. I mean, Carl Lawson gets much more guaranteed money. It's it's you know this is the Bengal way. We'll give you more money up front, uh, and and all that stuff. But we're we're not we're not going to go on the guaranteed route. And I think that's part of what landed Carl Lawson with the Jets. Tough to see him go. There's just no way around mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's 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 tough to see a guy who you drafted developed and appeared to be really coming into his own and, and checking a lot of boxes uh, head out the door when you're right there to the end on the same level. But there is, there is kind of that maybe to a lesser degree that, that question of with Carl, I mean, the jets are kind of in that same boat where they have a question, you know, is can Carl be that, that every down, guy we've talked about it where he is better suited to being uh, a situational pass rusher I don't know I per year it worked out the same Um, Carl got three years Trey got four I don't know if they could have afforded Trey had they kept Carl Um, that would have been way too much of a luxury especially with the needs on the offensive line but it, it is sad to to see Carl go because it really felt like he was starting to to scratch that that promise. I mean, he's he's been solid since he's been here. He's he's gotten he stayed healthy and, and improved his numbers. And that that big question. I mean, everybody focuses on the inability to finish, but it and maybe this he won't get to experience this in New York because that's a team that's in bad shape too. But what would he be on a winning team that has leads in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter where he can just tee off and go after the quarterback. I think he could put up some incredible numbers. No guarantee the Bengals would ever get there. No guarantee the Jets would ever get there. But um, he's one of those guys that I think – I know I will, and I think a lot of Bengal fans will will keep tabs on 
even though he's not here anymore, just to see if that ascension continues. We talk a lot um, about how how dumb sacks are, and uh, as a stat of measurement, and and they are for the most part. I, I do think it will be interesting to because it's come up so much with Carl Lawson. I mean, Jay, you went extensively into that, and we've man, we've talked and written about it a lot in the piece that you did back. It was in December um, during the Mythbusters series, and uh, the idea of finishing and, and th- is maybe that's something that Trey Hendrickson has. We heard Cat talk about the, the the way that he plays and the energy he plays. I think Carl plays with a lot of energy. Is there an awareness factor that guys are able to get more sacks because of they have that part of their game? It's kind of an un- unquantified part because the quantified parts, pass rush win rate when we get into these next-gen stats – um, you know, your your PFF grade, your pass rush grade, those types of things almost all go to Carl. I mean, he's he was more efficient and more effective as a pass rusher. You have an injury history with Carl Lawson that makes you a little bit more nervous. We don't really have that with Trey Hendrickson. In fact, we have a lack of usage that maybe is on his side. Um, but I, I you know, as far as being a more efficient pass rusher when he's been on the field and proving it, Carl Lawson is is a better player. He he is more effective at getting to the quarterback. He does it at a higher rate. He beats his man at a higher rate. He has not always been able to get the sacks. Is that is that a product of not having enough on the other side of him? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is that a product of him not having the awareness to finish? Trey Hendrickson. People will say, hey, he, you know what? That's a lot of sacks that he got there. How much was that because of coverage? How much was that because of you know the actual um, play that he made or plays that others made, the Cameron Jordans of the world, uh, the Davenports or whatever? Well, I guess we'll have to find out, and this will be an interesting study in that as the Bengals play this out going forward. Um, we 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 shall see. And and you know they whiffed on Shaq Barrett a couple years ago because of the injury thing, but they saw what he could be. Lawson and Hendrickson are both kind of the next Shaq Barrett idea. You know, Hendrickson in particular, a similar type of thing, rotational guy playing behind others. When he had the opportunity, he shined. Is Hendrickson the next Shaq Barrett? Or is he a guy that you just overpaid for a small sample size? Uh, it's a big risk for big money, but uh, one that you're right. I think inevitably you said it, Jay. It's one the Bengals had to make. They couldn't come away from this without anybody. Yeah, big risk, big money, and that, that's that's going to be maybe the biggest question this year. I, I want, we'll have to see what they do on the offensive line, but um, what was it, was it a lesson learned from the Shaq Barrett situation? Or was it was it an overcorrection in, in the wrong direction? Um, there's just so much that's unknown. And you, like going back to what you said about sacks being kind of a dumb stat, I, I mean that's I think that's what a lot of like casual fans maybe don't get is very rarely is a sack like one guy beating his man and getting there first and taking the guy down. So many times it's somebody else gets there first and the quarterback either steps up in the pocket or or rolls out and goes into the secondary guy and it's the second guy that gets the sack and and that could be a very big reason why Hendrickson's sacks were what they were with having a Cam Jordan on the opposite side. Sam Hubbard's good, but he's not Cam Jordan, so we'll we'll have to see maybe this is maybe this is Trey Hendrickson getting there first and Sam 
seeing his numbers spike this year. It all kind of works together, but um, it's, you're right. It's, it's a, it, right now it's just a big question mark and nobody feels like this was a, a home run uh, signing, but it, it could be, it has the potential. Yeah. I mean, you, you need to have one of those guys opposite Sam Hubbard. You need somebody is, is Hendrickson going to be, you know, the next great thing? Maybe, maybe not, but he's certainly a solid guy that you're willing to bet on to, to put in there and see what happens. Um, and if you can bet on it in a way that you can get out, if your bet fails, all the better. The thing that strikes me in one last point, and we'll get out of here is, you know, you're playing, you're going to pay a bunch of money up front and leave yourself some outs on the back end uh, for Trey Hendrickson. How, well, then why didn't you tag Carl Lawson? You know, I mean, that's basically the same concept. You're 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 paying a very similar amount. I mean, it would have ended up what fifteen point what fifteen point nine fifteen one fifteen fifteen point one. I think it was, wasn't it? I yeah. Whatever. Regardless, you're paying in the same area um, as you end up with Hendrickson minus a little bit, and you could have secured Lawson, had that under wraps, worked on a long term deal in the future, uh, and then been next year talking about this issue or maybe maybe your draft pick is coming along at that point. You know, the conversation we had about tagging Lawson comes up if you just were going to end up here anyway, right? Like That's my only thing. Not that it wasn't the right decision necessarily, is that, but if you're just going to end up be, be willing to go here, why not just tag Lawson? And, and you never would have found yourself in that fight last night. Um, certainly something to ponder. Yeah, I mean, maybe they just did not want to be in this situation again next year, or maybe they had a really good feeling. I mean, and Carl talked about it when you in your his interview with you, he called the Bengals the front runners. Maybe they really thought that they could get something long term done, and then the the Jets swoop in and do what other teams do to the Bengals, go over their number, and they they let the guy go. Um, it is interesting to note real quick, you, you mentioned that all this money up front with the, with the roster bonuses and the signing bonus and that type of thing, he still, even though it's 15 per year, when you look at four for 60, the cap hit this year is only 12, five. So that is quite a bit less. That gives them a little bit more flexibility on this year's cap. Um, just kind of in the way they, they, they structured it, but it is, it is interesting that you could have had Carl for roughly the same amount of money. Um, but we'll see. Well, that'll be a very, that sounds like a run pass or boot or a growler bet of some sort preseason uh, Trey Hendrickson sack and pressure numbers versus Carl Lawson sack and pressure numbers this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, so that is the first, the first big move of the Bengals free agent period. We expect more to, more, I, I would assume we're gonna. I think we're gonna see more today. Um, we're, we're anticipating that. Uh, we'll see where that lands there in the mix. More defensive players uh, on the mind. Uh, so we'll, we'll see some more moves come in there. Uh, I want to thank Kat Terrell again uh, for joining us. It was great catching up with her, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, we'll be catching up with her again this week uh, if the Bengals were to end up back in that that Saints category. They found themselves in a couple times here, so. 
Uh, all right, we'll be back. Again, we will have uh, these episodes as big things happen, so uh, more than likely we'll probably be dropping another episode before it reaches midnight, and I hope Bengals fans woke up. The sun didn't come up, which concerned me a bit. Uh, it's behind the clouds. Uh, so I was going to say, you know, we should go out with some Annie uh, a little tomorrow, uh, but the sun didn't kind of come out. So maybe if the sun breaks through, you start feeling a little bit better and, and you end up in a little bit of a better place. But um, in case you're not or you want to be in a sad place, uh, my story about the Bengals <laughs> not necessarily being, uh, you know, dropping a concerning seed uh, about their prioritization. In protecting Joe Burrow is up on the site, and the subscription deal is still going on $1 per month. Jay has the story on Trey Hendrickson, and we'll have much more on all the signings as it goes by. So, all right, thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you soon on Hear That Podcast Crowd.